Hebrews chapter number 10. Look at another thing worthy of our consideration tonight. We've thought about considering the work of God. We've thought about considering the ways of man. Uh, I want us to look at Hebrews chapter number 10 and another consider here tonight. And as I've already said, when the Bible tells us that something is worth our consideration, then we ought to consider it. And uh, I'm finding a few of these, and we'll deal with one here tonight. Hebrews chapter number 10, verse number 23. The Bible said, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, so much the more as you see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully, after that we've received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice sins. Let's pray together. Father, we ask, Lord, tonight in Jesus' name that you'd help us as we stand and preach the Word of God. Lord, we're unworthy, but you've made us worthy through your blood. That's what we stand on tonight alone. We plead the blood. Lord, uh, I'm uh, a fallible man, but you have an infallible Word. So I pray that you'd help us to share it tonight. Lord, I pray that you'd receive the glory out of the service. And if you'll receive the glory, everybody else will get help. Do that now as only you can, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I want us to think a little bit tonight about considering one another. Uh, Considering one another. Now, I believe, and we could argue it, and uh, I probably wouldn't change your mind. You probably wouldn't change mine. I can't prove it, but I believe that Paul wrote the book of Hebrews, and there's a lot of reasons I won't get into tonight as to why I believe Paul wrote Hebrews, but if you don't believe that, that's fine. Uh, It doesn't matter. The fact is that here there's instruction. We've been studying studying through Hebrews in my Sunday school class, and I just got through teaching through it in Bible college. And uh, the the book of Hebrews deals with a church of Hebrew believers. And, of course, they were literally living in the first century B.C. when they received this this letter. And uh, they're facing persecution. So all throughout the book of Hebrews, Paul, I believe, is encouraging these Hebrew believers to stay with him, not to give up. Not to fall by the wayside. And uh, he comes here in Hebrews chapter number 10, Brother Billy, and he deals with a very important aspect of that. And that is if you want to stay with it, if you want to stay in the fight, if you want to please God, he said you're going to have to be in church. And uh, he says there in verse number 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together is the manner of some is. And so here, uh, Paul is dealing with our faithfulness to God and showing that faithfulness to God by faithfulness to God's house. And uh, he says in verse 23, 
or in verse 24, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. And so he ties all of this together. He says our coming to church, our faithfulness to God's house, and our faithfulness to God is tied together here in the context with our being considerate of one another. So that's what I want to think on just a little while tonight, how that you and I can properly consider one another. Did you know tonight that your faithfulness to God and your faithfulness to God's house not only impacts you, and it does, it impacts you, but it also impacts all of those around you. Your faithfulness will impact your brethren. Uh, whether or not you're faithful, stay with the stuff or stay with it, serve God, those things have impacts on your brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, can I take time out before I get into the preaching this morning, uh, this evening and say, thank God I'm glad that God put me in the body of Christ. I'm glad I'm in the body of believers. I'm glad that I'm a part of the church. Nobody had to make me come to church tonight. Amen. As a matter of fact, Rachel came up with the idea, said we go hiking today. And we went plumb down into Crabtree Falls, almost four miles down there and uh, saw them falls. I've lived in uh, Yancey County all my life, never had been to Crabtree Falls. And so we hiked down in there and then they said, let's make the whole loop. Come back up out of there, nearly four miles. And buddy, when I got home, I was tired. I uh, put on, just uh, finished up a few things, getting ready for tonight. And I said, I'm going to take me a nap. I'll never do that in the afternoon. But I was killed. And I laid down about 45 minutes. When I woke up, my body said, no, ain't time to go. But you see, they were something down on the inside of me that said it's time to get to God's house. I love church. I love y'all. Uh, I enjoy seeing my brothers and sisters in Christ. I enjoy the fellowship. And so I'm thankful tonight that God has put me in this body of believers. There's no place I'd rather be. And uh, I mean that. I, there's no place that I'd rather be than to be right here tonight on a Wednesday night at the Concord Baptist Church with my brothers and sisters in Christ. And Paul, he encourages this faithfulness to the house of God. Now I'm going to notice three things tonight, and I'm not preached long. Now, I want those three things tonight about our faithfulness to God's house. First of all, I want you to notice the provoking of our faithfulness. Look what Paul said there in verse number 24. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. So first, there's a provoking in our faithfulness to God. Now, we think about provoking. Most of the time, we think about that in a negative sense. And they, that's a provoking to anger. And uh, boy, the world is good at that. Amen. Provoking to anger. But here, we find out that it's possible for us to provoke to good things. Uh, in other words, Paul said, let's provoke one another unto love. Uh, so I'll just stop right there and you talk about that word love. Uh, love is the greatest of all Christian graces. Uh, you can never be more Christ-like or more God-like than when you love. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that God is love. Uh, now, there's things that the church has to deal with, uh, stands that I believe the church should, uh, should take. Uh, I believe there's standards that the church should hold. Amen. Uh, 
But all of those should always been, be done in the proper spirit. I, did you know, Brother Bobby, over the years, 25 years of pastoring, I have done the right thing in the wrong spirit before. I, I mean, I've took the right stand. I, I've crossed the T's and dotted the I's. I, the stand I took was biblical. I, but Brother Marvin, instead of taking it in the spirit of love, I, I did it in the spirit of anger. Or I did it in the spirit of uh, uh, being upset one way or the other. I, and boy, it never has, never has worked out when I did it that way. I, you see, you can do the right thing with the the right spirit. Amen. I, I believe that we ought to always try the spirits, uh, whether or not they be of God. Uh, boy, these times I want to straighten things out and want to take care of things, uh, but I realize I'm not in the right spirit to do it. Uh, that's something that comes with age. Uh, I can remember as a young preacher, buddy, I preached against everything that moved. Uh, I was meaner than a junkyard dog. Uh, I didn't care something like a bull in a china shop. Uh, and I still, I still preach against things. I don't I don't shy away from preaching on things. Uh, I'll tell you, Fro, what I've learned over the years uh, is it's all about the spirit in which I deal with it. Uh, if I'm mad over it, I'd better not deal with it because uh, that'll never come out right if I'm mad over it. Uh, but if I can wait a little while, Brother Kyle, uh, and get over the mad and, and get my, my spirits calmed down, get in the right spirit of love and then deal with it in the spirit of love, uh, that's when it really becomes effective in people's lives lives uh, that when we can provoke and be considerate one to another uh, and provoke uh, unto love. Uh, I'm glad, thank God that uh, we can and we should as Christians be a loving people. And I remember many years ago, uh, Ray Aiken, and I love Brother Ray, and uh, he got up in a camp meeting after one of them fellows, I mean, buddy, he blistered the earth. And that fellow in front of him preached about everything and turned stuff over. I mean, he turned over everybody's apple cart and called stuff out and called people down. And, uh, you know, and when Brother Ray got up, it was, uh, was kind of contentious. You know, everybody's kind of on pins and needles after this fellow got up and this lamb blasted everything. Brother Ray got up and he said something I never have forgot. He said, I, he said bless goodness. He said, I'm a, he said, I, if you do Brother Ray, you'd have to know how he'd talk. He said, I'm a, an independent, premillennial, Bible-believing, sin-hating, independent Baptist. But I ain't mad about it. <laughs> and that's the way a lot, hey, a lot of people, they come off like, you know, like they saved and mad over it. But the, here we see Paul said we should provoke one another to love. I was thinking about this coming down the road. You know, this nation has become a great, has been a great nation because we have operated on a premise of love. If you look uh, in your Bible, I was thinking about it on the way down. In Romans uh, 12, Paul deals with loving your enemies, feeding them, feeding your enemies, taking care of your enemies. And you know, it's Independence Day, so I think it's appropriate to talk about this. Over the years, America has fought wars like that. Uh, they've been violent. This nation's been violent when it needed to be violent to protect our interests and to protect democracy and to protect uh, liberty. But then we turn right around and rebuild nations and 
And if we capture, if we capture enemies, we see to it they're fed right and seen to and they're not taken advantage of. And I believe that that's been the right thing to do. If you look at Romans 13, you'll find that Paul deals with governmental authority. And he says, uh, if thou do evil, then you should fear because he beareth, speaking of governmental authority, he beareth not the sword in vain. And so our nation tonight has been great and we've been able to live in peace, a quiet and peaceable life because we've had men that have had compassion and love. But at the same time, when violence was needed, they were able to flip the switch and be violent when violence was needed in order to protect these freedoms that we hold dear. You're free tonight because there are men that walk the night, my friend, that are capable of violence when violence is needed. You say, well, that's not in the Bible. It is. You can read it in Romans 13. He beareth not the sword in vain. He is a, he's a terror, the Bible said, to evildoers, and that's exactly how it ought to be. But even that should be done in a spirit of love. You say, how in the world can that be? Well, let me put it to you like this. Those men that have given their lives out on battlefields, they did that because they loved their nation, because they loved freedom, because they loved liberty, because they loved the American way of life, because they loved their family. And that promoted them and prompted them to be agents of that freedom around the world and uh, even at home. I say thank God for that. I say thank God for that. And uh, it's like this. I'm no brawler. I'm, I'm not out looking for a fight. But God has entrusted me certain things to protect and I will protect. Amen. I want to be a person of love, but you come into my house and go to harming my family and I'm going to flip the switch and I'm going to be a man of violence. Why? Because I love my family. It's still based and rooted in love. At the, uh, at, down at Michaelville Elementary, when I go back to, back to work, I, I, all I want to do is give high fives to kindergartners, but if some man comes on that campus to, heal, to harm those kids, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to flip a switch of violence and I'm going to be as violent as I need to be to protect those children. Why? Because I love them. You see how those things balance out. It's still a, the, 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 the cause of it is still love. It's not violence just to be violent. That's evil. But you see, sometimes there's a balance in that thing. I thought I'd throw that out there. But we see that we're to provoke one another to love. And then also to provoke one another to good works, is what the Bible said. To provoke unto love and to good works. And so every good work, the foundation of every good work is love. And I tell you, there's a lot of people out there in the religious world that are hirelings. And all they're interested in is a paycheck and building, a, building an empire. They're not promoted by love. They're promoted by finances. But every good work of God has at the basis of it a love for mankind. I believe that a church ought to be more interested in people than anything else. 
more so than buildings, more so than bank accounts. Our interest should be people, and that is the basis of love upon which every program ought to be built. It ought to be with the idea that we love people. We don't want to see them die and go to hell. That ought to be our, that ought to be our motive for everything we do. Every good work is founded and based upon the love of God, and we've got to love people. So we see that there is the provoking of our faithfulness. But then there is also the protection of our faithfulness. Well, the Bible said that in verse 24. Or excuse me, verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. I'm going to deal with that statement here in just a minute. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now what's he talking about there? See the day approaching. Well, there's a couple different ideas about that. Some would say that he's talking about the final day. That is the day of the Lord. The more and more that you see the day of the Lord approaching, the more diligence that you should give to church attendance. And I believe that's applicable. I believe that's true. I certainly don't want Jesus to come and find me out of church. Amen. Amen. And so uh, I believe that's true. But there's another idea that says that he was speaking here about the persecution that was coming. And uh, he was telling the church here, look, there's persecution coming. Of course, Nero persecuted the church unlike any leader maybe in history. And uh, and so that persecution was coming. And he's saying, boy, y'all going to need one another when persecution comes and when trouble comes. Uh, you're going to need somebody to exhort you and uh, encourage you to stay in the fight and encourage you to stay with it. Uh, and if y'all ain't in the church together, that ain't going to work out. So don't forsake it. Get together. Gather up in the church uh, and exhort one another because if you don't when persecution comes you'll never make it. You've got to stay together and exhort one another. Now in our day there's been a lot of belittling the church. And there's a lot of people say I don't need the church but I'm going to confess to you tonight I need church. I need it. I need somebody every now and again say love you brother I'm praying for you. I need to hear the testimonies of the people of God. Anybody with me? I need to hear the preaching of the Word of God. I need to hear the singing. I need to, hey, I need to fellowship a little bit in the back of the church after the service is over and talk to some brothers. I've been, I've been bombarded enough during the week with the world. I I need a little encouragement. So Paul said, don't forsake getting together. There's a power in it. He said to come together into corporate worship. I'm telling you, COVID has changed a lot of things in our country and very few of them for the better. Matter of fact, I can't think any of it for the better. And one thing that it did was it it separated people. We couldn't get together like we did. uh, And we found out just how much we need each other. I mean, we, during COVID, you know, we we tried to keep some form of corporate worship there for a couple of months. Y'all recall when we wasn't able to come in the building, we tried to have it in the parking lot, but everybody knows that wasn't the same. It sure wasn't the same online. That sure wasn't the same. There ain't nothing like gathering together with God's people. Boy, there's something about it, isn't there? I say, thank God, I'm glad 
that God has given me a church together with because when the hard times come, y'all are my family. You're the ones that are going to encourage me. You're the ones that are going to pet me up. You're the ones that are going to keep me going. And that's what exhorting one another is all about. Paul said there's a day coming where you're going to need to be in church. Don't forsake it. Exhort one another. Keep one another going. So there's the protection of faithfulness. But then I want to deal with this lastly. There is in this a proof of faithfulness. Well, the Bible said there in verse number 26. Verse 26, the Bible said, For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. Now, some people look at that verse and say, Oh, man, that don't fit in our doctrine. That sounds like losing your salvation. And that, of course, we know that you can't lose your salvation. We've seen it. I can show it to you in multiple different ways through Scripture, the eternal security of the believer. And uh, it's a fundamental doctrine of the Word of God. I'm going to be honest with you, it don't make sense to me. It don't. If I was God, that ain't how I'd play. If I was God, I'd look at me sometimes and go, you've lost it. You have to get saved again, pal. But I'm glad I ain't God. God God don't do it like I, I would do it, see. He's a God of grace and mercy multiplied, un, unfathomable mercy and grace. And I thank God for that. This verse says, if we sin willfully after we receive the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sins. Now, let me tell you something. If this verse is talking about losing your salvation, then we're all doomed. We just just close up our Bibles and go to the house. Because everybody in this building at some point has sinned willfully since they got saved. Now, the more you grow in the Lord, that ought to be few and far between. Where you premeditate and sin willfully. But everybody at some point during each year is going to premeditate and sin willfully. I, I, that's just the truth. That's just the truth. So if this Bible, if this verse is talking about losing your salvation, then we're, we're everyone doomed. Because the, it goes on to say there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. So what's he talking about? Well, it's all in the context. And every verse like this can almost always be established by the context. And when it comes to Bible study, context is always the king. All right, so let's back up to verse 25 and see what we're talking about. What's the context? Not forsaking the sin themselves together as the manner of some is. So here's the context. Paul says there's some people that say they're saved but they don't care anything about church. They don't care anything about the things of God. They don't care anything. They're not interested in God or the things of God. That's their manner. In other words, I ain't talking about they miss church occasionally. I'm talking about they got no use for it. I'm talking about, I'm talking about there's a crowd, and you'll see them on Facebook occasionally. They'll say, I don't need church. I'm a Christian. I don't need church. I, I ain't interested in church. I'm a Christian, but I'm not a part of any organized religion. They, they, used a lot of, they used a lot of catchphrases like that. Paul, and Paul said right here, there was going to be a crowd like that, that that was their manner. Their manner.